Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 5, continued. Section 5, Let Me Go. In the meantime, souls are being lost. An account of what happened to her in 1947. Jesus said to Mother Teresa, My little one, come, come, carry me into the holes of the poor. Come, be my light. I cannot go alone. They don't know me, so they don't want me. You come, go amongst them. Carry me with you into them. How I long to enter their holes, their dark, unhappy homes. Come be my victim. In your immolation, in your love for me, they will see me, know me, want me. Offer more sacrifices, smile more tenderly, pray more fervently, and all the difficulties will disappear. You are afraid. How your fear hurts me. Fear not. It is I who am asking you to do this for me. Fear not, even if the whole world is against you, laughs at you. Your companions and superiors look down on you. Fear not. It is I in you, with you, for you. You will suffer, suffer very much. But remember, I am with you. Even if the whole world rejects you, remember, you are my own, and I am yours only. Fear not, it is I. Only obey. Obey very cheerfully and promptly and without any questions. Just only obey. I shall never leave you if you obey. Mother Teresa, first, I saw a very big crowd, all kinds of people, very poor, and children were there also. They all had their hands lifted towards me, standing in their midst. They called out, come, come, save us, bring us to Jesus. Second, again that great crowd. I could see great sorrow and suffering in their faces. I was kneeling near Our Lady who was facing them. I did not see her face, but I heard her say, take care of them. They are mine. Bring them to Jesus. Carry Jesus to them. Fear not. Teach them to say the rosary, the family rosary, and all will be well. Fear not. Jesus and I will be with you and your children. Third, the same great crowd, they were covered in darkness, yet I could see them. Our Lord on the cross, Our Lady at a little distance from the cross, and myself as a little child in front of her. Her left hand was on my left shoulder, and her right hand was holding my right arm. We were both facing the cross. Our Lord said, I have asked you. They have asked you. And she, my mother, has asked you. Will you refuse to do this for me? To take care of them? To bring them to me? I answered, 
You know, Jesus, I am ready to go at a moment's notice. Since then, I have heard nothing nor seen anything. But I know that whatever I have written, it is true. As I told you, Archbishop, I do not build on this, but I know it is true. If I did not speak of this, if I tried to kill these desires in my heart, I would be guilty before our Lord. Why has all this come to me, the most unworthy of his creatures? I do not know. And I have tried so often to persuade our Lord to go and seek another soul, a more generous, a stronger one. But he seems to take pleasure in my confusion, in my weakness. These desires to satiate the longing of our Lord for souls of the poor, for pure victims of his love, goes on increasing with every Mass and Holy Communion. All my prayers and the whole day in a word are full of this desire. Please, do not delay any longer. Ask Our Lady to give us this grace on her feast day of December 8th. If there are any other things which I have told you, but I do not remember now, please tell His Grace that also. I told him that I wanted only to obey and to do God's holy will. Now, I do not fear. I leave myself completely in his hands. He can dispose of me as he wishes. He can dispose of me as he wishes. Please tell his grace about the two Yugoslav girls in Rome. Then there are six Bengali girls, the Belgium girl in the south, the one also you know in Belgium. Vocations would come. I do not fear about this. Though everybody thinks me very optimistic, but I know how much love and generosity there is in Bengali hearts if they are given the means to reach the highest. Self-denial and abnegation will be the means to our end. There will be disappointment. But the good God wants just only our love and our trust in him. Please pray for me during your holy mass. Yours sincerely in our Lord, Mary Teresa. P.S. Please explain to his grace. What I mean when I said I don't build or believe in visions. I meant that even if the things did not come, my desires were just as strong and the readiness to do his holy will just as fervent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, 
gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Teresa is writing this letter to Father Van Exum, hoping that he will present it to the bishop. Why? Because Mother Teresa had solemnly promised vows to God as a Loretto nun. The church takes those very seriously. And the only way she's going to be able to be released from those vows by her superiors in Loretto order is if the bishop of where she's hoping to serve begins the process. See, if he says, yes, I give this woman permission, yes, I'm willing to allow her to try this, then her superiors in her order will be likely to grant the permission. But if the bishop won't say anything, then A, there's nowhere for her to go, and B, her order won't release her from her promises because there's nowhere for her to go. So this is why she's so insistent that his grace, that's her title, common title for the archbishop, will give permission. She knows that the bishop doesn't care about visions. She knows that he has to consider the truth of what happened. But she thinks it's important to tell him precisely what she saw. She thinks it's her duty to somehow just put before him why she is so insistent. What she experienced, what she heard our Lord ask her, but at the same time, Mother Teresa is very clear about the importance of her desires. The desires she has to serve the poor, her readiness to do God's will, the intensity of those does not depend on the vision, the voice that she heard. Those desires were already incredibly strong in her. We saw that already. But what this vision seems to have done is to give her a certain impetus, a certain impulse that now is the time. Now is the time to act. You've been wanting to do this. Don't delay anymore. So let us remember that there is a time for everything. There was a time to sow and a time to reap, a time to laugh and a time to weep, the scripture says. When they tried to stone Jesus in John chapter 8, he hid himself. It was not his hour. When the wedding feast at Cana happened, what did he tell Our Lady? When she said they have no wine, he said, what is this to me and to you, woman? My hour has not yet come. The hour for him to pass from this world to the Father. At that hour, 
when it says in John 13, his hour had come. Then he changed the bread into his body and the wine into his blood. The hour of his passing from this world to the next, that would be the moment when he would change one thing into another. And so he was telling Our Lady when she wanted him to change the water into wine, my hour has not yet come. My ultimate hour for passing from this world to the Father, the hour of the great transformation has not come. In other words, there was a proper time for Jesus to suffer and die and rise and 40 days later to ascend into heaven. And there was a time for each of us to do what we're supposed to do. Let us ask our Lord for two things, patience, to wait for his timing, and then courage, determination, to carry out what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.